QD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. You're here at the Hive Poetry Collective. I'm Deanna Riley. Today we're going to be talking about the Young Writers Program with its director, Julia Chiapella, and three students, April, Sofia Montes, and Fred. And we're going to be learning a little bit about this wonderful program in Santa Cruz and hear some of the poetry from the students and hear how it has impacted their lives. Let's begin with you, Julia. Julia, could you tell me a little bit about the Young Writers Program? Sure, Dion. Thanks so much for having us on. We're really happy to be here today to talk about the Young Writers Program, especially with some of our students who've worked in it. Um, the Young Writers Program began in the fall of 2012, and we've served since then through our various projects over 2,300 students. We have an in-classroom project that's essentially embedded in the classroom where teachers guide the project for the most part, but we bring in volunteers from the community who are trained to work with students in small groups a couple of times a week for an hour each on uh, specific writing projects that the teacher has decided, possibly in conjunction with the Young Writers Program, um, what, what they are. And at the end of those six to eight weeks in the classroom, we take the student's writing, we gather it up, we do a light edit of it, and then we publish it in these gorgeous published books that are also for sale at Bookshop Santa Cruz. Every student gets a free copy of the book, and um, they're able to see their work in print. So it's essentially project-based learning where they, where they engage in a real-life effort around publishing their work and seeing it in print and participating, some of them, in our year-end reading at Bookshop Santa Cruz. Oh, you also have a reading. Yeah. The books are beautiful. Thank you. They look really professional. They are very professional, yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine what that would have been like for me when I was a young student to actually get my my poetry. It would have made a difference, wouldn't oh it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it my gosh. It would have made a huge difference. That, I know it would have for me. That's amazing. So when you're training um, your volunteers for this, what do you think is one of the most important keys to getting students to open up? Well, Especially teenagers. I think the most important thing is to listen. Really to just be there to listen to what they have to say, what's going on in their brains, what they're thinking, what they're going through as part of our culture in contemporary times. 
Um, the students have a lot of proscribed writing to do, and it's not often they are able to put themselves into that writing. And that's the aim of the Young Writers Program, to so, really engage them in things that are of importance to them, issues that they believe in, experiences they've gone through. And with the, uh, we call them writing project assistants, the volunteers in the classroom, with the volunteers nearby who've been trained to engage students and to deal in the Socratic method by inquiring as to what's going on and why they're thinking a certain way, they they feel listened to, they feel heard, they feel encouraged to put their thoughts on paper, which is an incredibly important act. When you say there's a lot of proscribed writing they have to do, um, what you mean is in the regular classroom. In the, in regular, the regular classroom. The, the standards and the uh, To meet the standards, core, to do the analysis, mm-hmm. to do the yeah, all, okay. all of the... the Five, it begins with the five, par- well, it begins earlier than that, but the five-paragraph essay. You have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sometimes that can be a Boring. little stultifying <laughs> yes, for yeah. students. Well, yeah. we were talking before we uh, got on, on the mic, and I was saying I was a high school English teacher for off and on for 36 years. And um, that was one of the reasons why I really tired of it, is um, I really felt like students didn't get to speak their truth um, and I'm glad you're starting early with students because trying to do that, like, in high school when they are not used to doing that. Exactly, is which is difficult. why we serve students in grades 4 through 12 and all over Santa Cruz County. So a te- if a teacher is interested, they need to contact us uh, if they're interested in, be- in embedding a project in their classroom. But we also have another project, which is the Word Lab, which is an after-school writing lab at the Museum of Art and History for middle school and high school students. And Sophia, who's here today, participated in that, as did April. So they are both Word Lab um, uh, alumna. And that's a couple of hours every week where you're really writing creatively, where you get to focus on any type of writing you'd like to write on. You can focus on poetry. You can focus on science fiction. You can write plays. And then we also gather that writing as well and publish that in an anthology at the end of the year. And you get to go downtown and be at the Maw, too, right? You do get to go downtown okay. and be at the Maw. Excellent. Well, before we turn to April, why don't you just briefly tell our audience um, who are listening to The Hive here uh, how to get a hold of you or how to contact you if they want to be a volunteer or get involved in any way. So we have uh, a website, um, youngwritersSC.org. So that's Y-O-U-N-G-W-R-I-T-E-R-S-S-C.org. And we have a registration on there if you want to sign up to volunteer. And it doesn't mean you have to volunteer, but it just indicates your interest, and then we'll follow up with you. And uh, there's a whole bunch of questions there about your background, your interest in writing, your experience with uh, young people and we'll take it from there. Um, You can also call our volunteer coordinator, Angela Tapia, at four, let's see if I can remember the phone number, 466, I'm going to give mine, 5810, because I can't remember Angela's. 831. 831-466-5810, and that'll get you to the Young Writers Program. Excellent. Okay, well... Let's hear from one of your students. Let's start with April. 
April, welcome to The Hive. Hi, thank you for having me. Here on KSQD Santa Cruz. Um, so April, um, how did you, how did this all start with you? How did you start writing a poetry in this program? It honestly all started when I was first introduced to it. I was introduced by a letter they sent to my classroom. And then when I got into it, I got really interested in poetry and I just started writing what was in my heart. Hmm. Why don't we just go right ahead and listen to one of your poems? Which one are you going to read to us, to us today? Um, I'm reading a new poem that I, in fact, wrote for this broadcast. It's a poem called Education and Opportunities. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. In this day and age, we are blessed. We have things that over 50 years ago we never imagined to have. We have a new system of education that anyone can gain access to. We are able to go to school with other races. Everyone has an equal chance to get an education. We have new technology to help us and other people. We are creating milestones that are mind-blowing. In fact, on July 20th, 2019, was the 50th year anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. I'm not saying that everything is perfect. Don't get me wrong. I love what we have accomplished, but there's always room for improvement. Because while we have all these opportunities, we don't always take advantage of them or appreciate them. While we have the opportunity of an education, many people in other places don't have that chance. And while we can't, and while we can make most of all the opportunities we are given, we don't. For me, my parents always supported every one of my ideas. They want me to excel and are willing to support me in any way they can. But many kids don't have this chance. Um, they. There's a saying that my parents told me once, education and opportunities don't start at school, they start at home. You might be wondering why you should consider what I, a, what a 14-year-old girl who barely is starting high school is saying, but trust me when I say that there is no, when there's no support from the parents, it can show on the kids. So my advice is this, support them with their dreams no matter how crazy they may seem. Don't take for granted what we have and what is yet to come. My generation is the next who will lead this world. And if we have the right opportunities and the right support, then and only then can we hopefully change the world for the better. Well, you know, we don't really stop and think very often that how recent it was that we could not go to school with other races. Yeah. You know, that is like right there, it's, you know, not something that you hear people talk about much, but, you know, that really is a profound thing. What a huge opportunity that actually is. You had to go to school with other races. In fact, I decided before I left school to look around, and I saw that if it wasn't with that, I wouldn't have met half the friends I made in my school this year. Oh. Uh, so you feel like that at Grants 40, there, there is, there's a lot of acceptance and, and mm -hmm. freedom for people to associate? Yes, there's a motto at my school that goes, here, everyone is welcome. Ah. And you're the Brant's 40 Bs, right? Yep. Well, we like that on the, bee, on, on the Hive Poetry Collective. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're Bs because I went to Brant's 40 Junior High. Oh, also. cool. Yeah, and yeah, another, another thing that strikes me about that poem is that um, we hear so many complaints about our public school system. 
You know, I I don't think I've heard an ode to our public school system, ever. (laughs) That might be the first ode. April's the first. (laughs) A trailblazer. Which is wonderful. Um, So can you tell me some of the benefits that you feel like you've had from this program? Uh, Loads. Uh, With this program, I have a free will to write. I am given the room, the materials, and the support that I need to write. And I am able to do it freely without anyone judging me for what I write. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you feel like it helps you talk about difficult things in your life that you might not otherwise... Definitely. Be able. I, yeah, I think I really felt that in, in your writing, that sometimes I, I felt like you talked about issues in your poetry that difficult things, and you could talk about it in figurative language and metaphor, whereas, you know, to just come right out and complain about things or whine about things, yeah. you know, you can use the art and the craft of poetry. Po- poetry definitely helps with that. It can help you express things that you want to express without actually saying them. Could we hear labels, um, a, a sh- just a sh- another short poem before we move on to another student? Yeah. Do you have labels there? I don't have it on me, but... Here I Okay. Oh, thank you. Uh, So this is a short poem called Labels. We live in a world of labels. We label food, animals, objects, but we also label humans. Whites, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, gays, bi's, the list goes on and on. There are labels that are nice, amazing, beautiful, loving, brilliant, just to name a few. But there are also labels that hurt, weak, ugly, weird, useless, disgraceful. Now, I'm not saying that all labels are bad. We can't help it. We just need to just think of the person who you are labeling and decide if they deserve it. It could sound confusing, so I'll give you some examples. That man you called weak for crying, his mother is dying. That girl you called ugly, she's starving. That boy you call mean, his parents are divorcing. That old man you called weird because of his scars, they fought for this country. You probably haven't done this, but these are just examples. We label things so much we don't realize um, when we label someone the wrong way. If this is too difficult to understand, I know. It was difficult for me, too. There's an old saying that might help. I think you heard of it before. Never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, that's it. We hear the saying so much, and yet, have you ever wondered about it? Before you say anything, I can guess your parents or teachers told you what it meant when you were younger. But have you ever thought about it recently? Like today, in this week, in this month, in this year even? To those who have, well, congrats to you. And to those who haven't, well, don't worry too much. Most people haven't either, but it's good advice. So before you put a label on someone, think about what they've done, what they've experienced, what they've lived. Take a walk in their shoes and decide for yourself what type of label they deserve. Thank you, April. This is the Hive Poetry Collective at KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. And we're talking to participants in the Young Writers Program. We're talking to the director, Julia Chiappella, and April, and Fred, and Sophia. Sophia. And we're going to talk to Wendy Thompson, too, a teacher. So um, before we turn to another student, April, I just want to say that this stanza in this poem 
this one stanza. I mean, I just, it just, this one really hits me. The man you called weak for crying, his mother's dying. That girl you called ugly, she's starving. That boy you called mean, his parents are divorcing. That old man you called weird because of his scars, he fought for this country. I mean, that is really beautiful repetition that you have there, that man, that, that girl, that person, that man. And uh, you've got the rhymes going on there and the beat. And uh, that is just some really, really powerful writing right there. I, re- I really like that a lot. Well, uh, it's true. The, how people present themselves is how we judge them. But we don't really know about them until we actually take a walk in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Or try to, or just mm-hmm. make the effort. I'm, so, And this is kind of like what we were talking about before, the opportunities to get to know other people who are different and get over those barriers. So thank you so much, April. And now let's... Thanks for having me. It was so great to have you here. Keep writing. I will. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to turn to Sophia. Okay, Sophia, welcome to the Hive Poetry Collective. Hi, thank you. Um, Well, when we start at the beginning for you, how did you start writing poetry and specifically get into this project? Um, For me, poetry has kind of been in my life off and on as I've started growing up towards the end of high school. I think just kind of getting in tune with my emotions and my surroundings is really how I connect with my poetry. Um, Our good family friend who I consider like an Aunt Janice Ost is actually the one who got me involved in the Young Writers Program. which I am so thankful for. Shout out to Janice. (laughs) Yeah, she's amazing. Um, Love her. But it was really just a great way for me to get away from the world for a couple hours every week and just write and, you know, not be on my phone or Mm -hmm. distracted by anything else and just be in the present moment. Well, you said it has something to do with just being aware of your surroundings, yeah. a heightened awareness of your surroundings. I'm, I've been really working on trying to be in the present moment, just being grateful for everything that's around me. If I'm sitting outside paying attention to, you know, just a le- like water on a leaf, you know, because mm-hmm. it has so much meaning to it. And there are so many things that a lot of people don't see that if you just pay a little more attention, you'll see and it's beautiful. You know, I used to think that that heightened awareness, what it reminded me of is if you're ever like outside in the woods or something and you look down the ground, you're just looking at the ground and then all of a sudden you realize it's crawling with ants. (laughs) It's like your eyes adjust and all of a sudden you see there's like so much going on, Mm -hmm. so much life and death and carrying things around. It's it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. and, uh, And you're like, why didn't I notice that? That's just crawling with life. And I feel like when you start when you do art you uh, or poetry you begin to see everything is a lot more alive Mm -hmm. definitely um so um that was in elementary school right because janice is well i've known janice since elementary school yes Mm -hmm. um but really my poetry started i think i've always been interested in it more Mm -hmm. than other things um but I think it mostly started high school, maybe a little bit of middle school off and on. Mm-hmm. And then you discovered the program and started mm-hmm. the program. That was just this last year. Just your, like, senior year? Mm-hmm. Wow. Where, where, what high school is that? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz High. So did your teacher um, bring, um, bring it in, or did you? No, I just, mm-hmm. I'm always over at Janice's house, and so mm-hmm. she, I would ask her for 
advice on essays that I was writing, mm-hmm. and then eventually she just brought it up to me and mm-hmm. said, you should totally do this. Mm. And so you were doing the at the, at the, um, the mall? At, yes. Uh-huh. You are doing the word lab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely a um, highlight of my senior year, I'd have mm. to say. Yeah, because senior year is kind of stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the end. It's mm-hmm. I'm a very emotional person, yeah. so to be able to write was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we hear one of your poems now? here on the Hive Poetry Collective at KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. Let's hear Sophia Montes reading. Are you going to read The Rise, right? Well, that's the name of the whole... The whole thing, but it's in segments. Yes. Okay, excellent. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay, so, empty. It started off desolate, a field of dirt, dry land, no life, no emotion. Quickly, the water broke loose. The knife was thrown through the heart, gutted. My decision brought me here. Why, I screamed. I made a mistake, although I did not go back. As weak as I felt emotionally, physically I had strength. Time passed. People were there. Nothing mattered. The fire had not gone out. It was put out before we were ready to go home. There were more matches, more gas. But would it benefit me? The more smoke there was in my lungs, the weaker I would become. Do I use these tools in the future? Or do I use them now and chance them shortly not working, causing disappointment to the one who built up their hopes for another fire, only for the wood to spark for a second? Turns out the tools would come in handy in the long run. Hope. A flower started to grow, as I thought, but truth be told, it had not. A bud began, but died abruptly. It was okay. Time. It was necessary. With time came a new bud. This with care and attention. Present. Excited. Confused. Skeptical. Ready. Halfway in. Halfway out. So where now? Continue your journey. You'll have to see to find out. Confused. Welcome to the eye of the heart. Our hearts reflect our emotions. What does the heart see? When she glances out, does she see a soul or a body? A figure, perhaps? We know that our heart tugs at us when we're sad. She leaps at us when we begin to fall in love. So what does she experience? Does she hear? Of course she hears. My heart hears a merry-go-round. This is happy, sad, and scared. One corner happy. She gently smirks. It's sunny. Sad. She has lost someone who made her feel youthful. Scared. She is lost, or someone is lost. She's being chased by something. This sound is different. It is desolate. Lonely. It all seemed so lonely. I would sit around knowing that I was the right choice, and though I knew I was right, fear still haunted me at night. Just keep your head high. It is okay to cry. Choose the road that shows your worth. Sometimes pain will knock you down. It will feel, leave you feeling like you are in the last round, but then you find what has been inside, and that will make you feel so fine. In that moment, you stop your mind. What if I fall, you ask? But what if you fly? Then what? What direction do I head and with who? Alone, said a voice. You are your best choice. Remember. Remember who you are becoming, who you are. Remember Georgia. Remember Alabama. Who were you when you embarked on that journey? Free as a feather drifting in the wind. 
confident like a hawk soaring through the sky over its prey. Were you not wrapped in strength? That girl was on fire. The sun gleamed off her face like citrine. A smile fell upon her lips with dignity and security. Not the bad kind, no. This was self-security, the kind of security you can only find through self-love. Her eyes, oh, her eyes, held mystery with a touch of serendipity. Some would call her the perfect storm, thunder with a beam of light, lightning with a warm breeze. Her peers were held fearful, yet strangely comfortable. The mystery she held made the individuals surrounding curious, intrigued. And why might this trip to the South bring these strong characteristics out? It could have simply been the history that lies beneath large houses and new grass, the spirits that wander the streets finding redemption, inspiring her strike of confidence. Or, if you dig just a little deeper into her life, would you, you would uncover her new why, the reason why she was able to make this pilgrimage. Sudden relief fell upon her when she realized that the battle she had once fought was coming to a close, and on that war front, surrounded by the desolate trenches, dirt, blood, and tears, grew a new seed that was watered and began the night before the war ended, left to blossom. Don't you see? She outgrew this fear. She outgrew the pain. She was rooted and set to grow. Now, it was time to stand tall on her beliefs. Now was when she overcame her struggles. Now, remember, who shall she fear? Thank you, Sophia. That was Sophia Montes reading from her long poem, The Rise. Is it The Rise or yes. Rise? The Rise um, here on the Hive Poetry Collective on KSQD, Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. Well, one of the first things that strikes me about this poem is that you wrote it in third person. You made it mm -hmm. she. Um, is there a reason why you made it about she? Um, well, for the poem about the confused part is I'm talking about, like, the heart, and so I'm referring to the heart as she. Ah, I see. Um, is that the only one? I'm not sure if I spoke in third person on the other ones, but for that part, it was about the heart, and so that's why. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, um, sometimes if, you're, if you are talking about, if the speaker is the self, to make it the she is a nice way to make it a little bit more distant. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind so of viewing more, myself from an outside point of view. Yeah, yeah, and it just, I, I don't know, I think if you're talking about really personal stuff, sometimes it's like, it's, gives it a little distance, it's a little less intense. Mm -hmm. There's some real lines in here that I just love. Um, Time passed, people were there. I, I just love that line. And this idea, as weak as I felt emotionally, physically I had strength, almost like the body leads the heart back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was. This is all, you know, started from. Well, let's be honest, a breakup mm -hmm. that I decided to end for myself, so mm -hmm. I could become independent and grow as I graduated high school and left it behind. So, you know, it was a hard time for me, but I, it was really just time for me to have this huge growth period and all of these explain all the pain that I felt and like people were there I had so many people there supporting me but in the moment nothing mattered because you know when the heart is hurting and mm -hmm. it's hard to have anything distract that 
Yeah. Writing does help, though, quite a bit. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's one of the main things that got me through it and Mm -hmm. helped me to get to where I am now. Um, Let me see. I just want to look... Uh, yeah, like in in the part, the first part, empty. All these metaphors that you're using to describe the indescribable, um, using wood and spark and mm-hmm. flowers and just all those metaphors, you can really see how the pain and the growth that is happening. There's really, it's really difficult to explain what it's like, mm-hmm. but the metaphors are just a way of uh, expressing these indescribable feelings that you're going through. It was interesting because I didn't write these in the moment. I actually wrote them several months after, and being in the word lab, it gave me time to sit and think back to those emotions. So Mm. this is all just coming from, like, memory of what I was going through. This wasn't even in the moment, which I thought was really interesting once I finished them and read them. Um... I think it was also an easier transition to get to where I am now in the last part of the poem. Yeah, time really helps you have perspective. and yeah. Just think, you know, when you get older, you might be able to write about it again and have even a different perspective yeah. on it. Well, so that's really great that the Word Lab was gave you that space mm-hmm. to be able to put it into words. Absolutely. You have some really nice rhymes here on the lonely part. Did you do that on purpose? Even though I knew I was right, fear still haunted me at night. Just keep, keep your head high. I was okay kind of conscious cry. of it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I kind of just let it flow, and then I was like, oh, it rhymes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And alone, said a voice, you are the best choice. Yeah, sometimes loneliness is the best choice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've been learning a lot about that lately, mm-hmm. but I'm finding myself, and it's beautiful. So how do you think that writing is going to um, play into your future? What's, what's next? I think I just, it'll be great for me to be able to, anytime I'm, anytime actually, just to sit down, practice some mindfulness, and then just write mm-hmm. how I feel, write how things around me are making me feel. And I think it'll really be therapeutic for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I advise writing to anybody, honestly. Do you think you'll teach writing ever? Mm, probably not. It's not really what I'm interested in, but I know that it'll always be there mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. go to. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us here today um, and talking to the Hive Poetry Collective. Thank you for um, having me. I hope I see you in writing someday. <laughs> maybe well, I'll you pick, never know. <laughs> maybe I'll pick up a journal and I'll go, I know that's Sophia Montes. <laughs> Great. Okay, so... So now we get to speak with Wendy Thompson, 8th grade teacher at my alma mater, Brands of Forty Junior High. Go Bees, like I said before. Go Bees. <laughs> um, I really want to say the Brands of Forty chant. Do they still have the Brands of Forty we chant? We still have it, but no one uses it anymore. No, because no one can spell. Because, well, it doesn't matter whether we can spell or not. We just have different things that we think of when we're thinking of Branson 40. Yeah, different things you want to emphasize. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, for our listeners, the Branson 40 chant used to be spelling the word Branson 40 in a chant. Um, I wonder who thought that up. <laughs> Some crazy English teacher, I guess. I'm sure it was Miss Calvert. <laughs> I think it might have been Miss Muller, the old uh, orchestra teacher. 
Shall I do the chant? I think I gotta do the chant. Please do. All right, all right. Does anyone want to do it with me? Anyone know it? Do you know it, Fred? No? Okay. B-R. B-R. B-R-E-N-C-I-C-I-C-I-F-O-R-T-E. B-R-E-N-C-I-F-O-R-T-E. Brands of 40, Brands of 40, Brands of 40 Bs. Yay! <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of about poetry. Okay. Uh, so it's Wendy, about rhyme, rhythm. Yeah, it's about yeah. rhyme, rhythm. Okay. Wendy, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about your involvement in this project and this program and what it's meant for you? Well, this is going to be my eighth year as a teacher involved in the Young Writers Program and the Word Lab, and it means the world to me. Before I was involved, I've always loved teaching writing to students from kindergarten through 12th grade. And I've landed at 8th grade now for almost 20 years. And what I have found through writing is an avenue, is a pathway to my students, to the relationship building piece of what a teacher would always dream to be able to have with their students. The problem with that is in today's schools, there are 30 students in a classroom, and I still work really, really hard to develop that relationship, but when eight years ago I joined with Young Writers Program, I was given the opportunity to have other adults help me find that pathway with them. So for students like Fred, who you're gonna hear in a moment, He had a writing project assistant that was with him for six to eight weeks who developed a beautiful relationship in writing with him, and then it was shared with me and spilled over into all the rest of the year. As a teacher of, we've been speaking about this before, writing that is prescribed, I'm going to tell you the truth. I love teaching that kind of writing, too. Mm -hmm. However, it is not something that can hold students. It, can, it can't hold people's imaginations. It mm-hmm. is something that you learn, it has steps, and you come to an ending that is expected. Mm-hmm. Whereas Young Writers Program gives the entire opposite end of the spectrum of writing, where we allow our students and we encourage them to write what they want and to take it in whatever direction it goes and then eventually to published format. Mm -hmm. And we teach them every step of the way, but it's not lockstep. I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear, but it is a piece of work. Any kind of writing is work, which I know the students that are here, they're nodding right now, it is work. But it's a work of the heart when we work with Young Writers Program versus an academic work specifically. They meld together, and I want to make that really, really clear, Mm -hmm. that anything that happens in Young Writers Program will send our students in directions of feeling confident in their writing versus feeling downtrodden about the I can't do this, it's Mm -hmm. too hard part of writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it gives them permission. Gives them some freedom. I really relate to what you're saying, having been an English teacher. I think that most English teachers get into it because they want to connect with students through literature and writing. And yet, when you get in the classroom, you discover how daunting that actually is with all the requirements on you, with all the standards and the common core, 
and um, all the professional development and the requirements, uh, it, it's extremely difficult to find a structure where students really can express themselves and they can get the feedback they need on it because you really kind of need that one-on-one -on -one or small group interaction. And, and Young Writers Program provides it, mm -hmm. as does Word Lab. Mm -hmm. Imagine being able to work with four students for eight weeks, two hours a week. It's a gift. It's a gift that I wish every single student in Santa Cruz could receive. They come out of it um, different. They come out changed. Can you tell me, why don't you tell me before we move on to the next student, um, tell me like one of the most impressive stories that you've seen, one of the most weird or strange or surprising um, well, I was just talking to Fred here about a student mm -hmm. that um, we both know and love very well. And I'm not going to say his name well, because it, it might really <laughs> embarrass him. Um, and this is not something that only happens every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But this was a student who came into eighth grade letting me know in no uncertain terms that he was not a writer and that he was not a writer because he couldn't write. And that would be his statement, I can't write, I'm not a writer. And he joined a group of students with a writing project assistant, and throughout the process, throughout the eight-week process that we were working on our poetry, I would be the little um, fly on the wall listening in. I would come by and listen in, and what would I hear? I would hear, you're doing so well. I love that line. Let's work this word and change it a little bit. These were not the words of the adult. These mm. were the words of this poet's fellow students and who became very close friends. And he came out of this believing in himself even more. And it happened again this year. And it happened to be all young men this year. And one student was blocked it was nothing was coming, nothing was coming. And if not for his small group and the writing project assistant that was there to help and support every single time, he would have come out of it with nothing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that relationship and that community, because my students, I'm gonna put myself out on a limb here and say that my students by the end of the school year Pretty much all of them feel like they're in a community and they trust the people around them to allow them to write what they need to write and then to share it if they need to share it. So it's really just really good communication skills for how to be a good person relating to other people, how to help people very specifically communicate better. Some of our best writers come into Young Writers Program never having shared their writing ever. Mm. And some of our most blocked ones, of course, have never shared their writing. Mm -hmm. So that opportunity to bring it out into a table group of students and read the words out loud, what it takes to be able to do that is a huge leap of faith. And the Young Writers Program gives that to our students and actually gives that as a gift. I've said that more than once to the classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, thanks for that, Wendy. Well, it sounds like it's just an important, crucial experience um, 
and um, wow, I wish kind of wish I had done it when I was a, an English teacher. I was just too busy teaching the research paper. <laughs> oh. um, and but like you said, that's that's important too. It's all it's all important, but the really important work of personal expression, which is so crucial to mental health and so crucial to building community, is what does not get time spent on it in the classroom, in, in my experience. Okay, well, thank you for doing that. Thank, thank you, you very much for having me. And we'll move on to our next student now. Now we're going to be talking to Fred here on the Hive Poetry Collective at KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. By the way, you can find us at hivepoetry.org. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes. Just search for the Hive Poetry Collective. And you can find us on Facebook at the Hive Poetry Collective at KS, on KSQD. And please feel free to leave a comment or give us suggestions for poets you'd like to hear about or poets you'd like to have interviewed. But right now, we're talking about the Santa Cruz Writers Program, Young Writers Program. We're here with the director, Julia Chiapella, uh, three of the students, and a teacher who teaches in the program, Wendy Thompson, and listening to the students' poetry and hearing about the effect of this program in their lives. So we're going to start off here with Fred. Thank you for being here, Hello. Fred. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, Fred, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got into the Young Writers Program and... Um, yeah, just, just start at the beginning. How did so, this begin for you? And maybe um, a little bit about your history with writing poetry. Yeah, so in general, when it came to writing poetry, I, there was always a little bit of, like, a poetry component to most of, like, the sort of, like, English classes that I had throughout school. Like, every once in a while, we'd go over, like, poetry as a subject and just learn all the different types and maybe write one or two of them. But I didn't really start to get into it or, like, really start actually pouring feeling into poetry until I came into Wendy Thompson's class just last year, or I guess, yeah. Um, the, yeah. Were there any poets that you read in particular that you liked, um, or were you just writing? I was just writing. Mm -hmm. I never really found any poets that necessarily represented how I felt or I mm -hmm. could necessarily relate to, so it was more about just me writing for myself and not really giving a damn what the world has to say about it. So how did that feel when you just started writing for the first time like that? It was, don't get me wrong, it was a little bit weird to warm up to at first, uh -huh. and it was kind of awkward to necessarily like figure out what I wanted to write about or how I wanted to write about it. But um, after just probably two or three weeks, I just slowly started warming up to it, and just, just different subjects would just pop into my head, and then words would just pop here and there, and then I felt like things would fit, and slowly but surely I'd adjust, and here we have a couple that came out fine, according to what I felt last year. Um, okay, we've got two here. Um you want to read Invisible Criminals first. By the way, I think that's a great title. Yeah, the inspiration was for, uh, I think it was Anthony Weiner was his name? Oh, uh, my Senator, gosh. Where I, the, yeah. the whole sexting thing went down. I don't know what yeah. the whole deal was. but Yeah, there was a documentary about that. It's called Weiner. It's, e it's really good if you ever get a chance to see yeah, it. Yeah, that's what actually kind of inspired this. But, um, we'll get on to this. Mm -hmm. so. The corruption of power seeps into the lives of the weak. The perversion penetrates the innocent. The sad hurt the angry. The dejected disdain of your family surrounds your mind as the wall of love from your family falls apart as you slip into darkness. 
The souls of the corrupt writhe in agony as a typhoon of greed and destruction heads their way. These souls are the criminals we refuse to see. Excellent. Oh, so um, that's really interesting that it's about Wiener. I, I was wondering what this was about. I thought it was about personal personal pain. But, you know, really, you zoom out here and you make his actions kind of universal, just yeah. human, human traits, which poetry does. It zooms in and it zooms out. And it also, like, um, one of the biggest things I kind of felt for this was that imagine, like, what, how does his family feel about oh. this? Imagine, like, sitting there and hearing that your husband, like, started sexting photos to an underage girl. Just, like, the kind of sadness, and personally also him, the position he must feel, the level of embarrassment, the sadness. as Like it says, the wall of love from your family falls apart. The shame. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the sadness. Shame is always a good thing to write about, I think, in poetry, because, like, it's what we don't want to talk about. Exactly. So it brings that out. Yeah, here, what you've done here is, like, a lot of the time people will talk about everyday heroes and talk about heroic, almost like classic heroic traits in everyday people, but here you talk about everyday everyday criminals. The people that we just can't accept. Mm -hmm. And this can even happen within family members there's people that you want to say you love so much and yet they just repeatedly do these things that you just can't necessarily let go it's the invisible criminals it's the people we want we refuse to see but we still have to deal with yeah and it's these invisible traits that we don't want to acknowledge that people have i mean when we see how much that it happens how common it It is, is especially now with me too it, and every time we're shocked. I mean, when are we going to get to point going, this is what people do. We need to just get it out in the open and uh, be honest about these traits. In, Especially in when you still see people, like, do this kind of stuff. Like, um, I don't know, I remember seeing some article yesterday about how some man at a gas station was telling, like, some woman who had, like, a mild accent to, like, go back to her country or something like that. And I'm like, after everything that's went down in probably the past year and a half, if you're honestly, like, still saying stuff like that, like, why are you here? Well, I want to to help you remember that that poem and many others that are in our poetry book came from the idea of the poet as witness. Mm where we were looking at events or, you know, it could be worldwide events or personal events, but that the poet was looking at it as a witness to that. Mm. And I think that makes it really powerful. And Fred doesn't have a problem, I'm going to say, expressing himself, but other students found a a place to go with that Mm -hmm. because they didn't have to go deep inside. They were looking at something. And then he manages to translate it into personal. Because hearing you translate this poem, it does become a personal. Mm -hmm. And I think that the best political poems are, they're not rhetorical. um, And they they are personal. But yes, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of appalling things that we are seeing and hearing. And um, our job as poets is, is to struggle with... Uh, trying to express it and that's what you did there and it certainly is a struggle to turn something like that into poetry yeah (laughs) really is um i love the line the sad hurt the angry yeah it was kind of just like 
I've this this has come from personal experience as well. It's kind of just seeing this happen. It's always the people that are like truly sad and depressed that are do more damage necessarily than the people that are angry. Because it always seems like anger can be harnessed to a certain degree and can be managed, while sadness is kind of just something that you can't control. It's like, as uh, Sofia Montes so eloquently said, it's, it's pain of the heart. It's hard to deal with. It's not something you can necessarily let go of. Like a, uh, being angry with a, I don't know, you might have some conflict with a friend. You can always like be the better person to a certain degree. When you're angry, you're expressing yourself. You're saying, you know that when you're angry, I think a lot of the time when you're depressed, you don't even, you don't, you're probably angry and you don't even know how to express it. So it's kind of just saying that being angry isn't necessarily always a winner to a certain degree. Anger isn't, is a powerful emotional trait, but it's also weakness to a certain degree. I don't really know how else to explain it. Mm. Hmm. Well, when you're angry, you're being more honest. Usually you're, you're yelling, you know, you're, yeah. you're speaking. You're speaking out what you're feeling. But the sad, you know, it goes inside and it gets twisted up. And as you say in this poem, it can, it can become a kind of perversion because there's something unexpressed and hidden. Sad, hurt, turn, or sad turns into anger. It's almost like a pressure it mm-hmm. builds up inside. You shove it deeper and deeper and deeper, mm-hmm. and it just eventually bursts out and does more damage to you. And that's why these sad people need to write poetry. Mm-hmm. Expressly. You know, I gotta say, I, I loved your um, your bio. Can I read your bio? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I went through a little like um, I was very like kind of narcissistic. I was just very. Um, That's what you're supposed to do, though. A musician, surfer, gamer, and all-around great guy. (laughs) Fred loves to spend his spare time in nature or playing video games. Like, I love that contrast there. Epic gamer. Yeah, you're well-rounded. You're in nature and you play video games. He also loves to hang out with his friends. Fred loves animals. Big, small, fast, slow, strong, or weak. He is also by far the most handsome of all his classmates. <laughs> Say it, Fred. <laughs> um, too bad this isn't TV, so people can oh, yeah. I know. Okay, so, um, Fred, do you want to go ahead and read Love, your next one? Yeah, I actually have to credit the um, art for this to Kanea Bond. She did an amazing job on this. I had no clue what to do for it, and I'm a horrible visual artist. And she did it, and it was just absolutely amazing. So i got to give credit to her for that. But um, So I'll start reading it. I demand, I pray, I define, I beg, yet it never comes. It comes but never stays. It floats but never away. Always, it makes the oddest of couples. It always strikes in the oddest of places. It is love. A love poem. But it's not particularly a sentimental love poem, which is what I like about it. Um, Like, yeah, love is odd. It's bizarre, to say the least. (laughs) It really is. It really is. Like, that's one thing I can always say about love. I know I will never understand it. Yeah, so that's what really struck me about this is anti-sentimental. The whole point for me was, like, kind of just to say that, like, love isn't necessarily always, like, there for you, if you kind of understand what I mean. I mean, like, you can uh, 
like it's uh, you can beg you can always try to define and put a label on what love is like love how love will be but that doesn't mean it's ever gonna necessarily hit you it might it strikes in the oddest of couples and the oddest of places I've seen some bizarre matchups <laughs> and I, I can't really say anything about it I'm like as long as you two are happy together it's good in my book well it's kind of funny we have such a, a sentimentalized view of relationships, you know, sort of this Disney thing, and everyone has to have the perfect wedding, and the reality of it is so unlike that uh, that vision we have. There's a very um, romanticized version of love, to say in the least. Love has been made out to be this, like, all-powerful force in the universe, but love is finite, and you've mm-hmm. seen it in so many relationships today. Yeah, that's really true. Um, well, where do you see poetry in your future, Fred? I honestly came up with several ideas and poems to write while I was sitting here. So oh, I definitely am planning on making some more. This is definitely not the last two. I'm Good. Well, I, I, you might be another one that I, that I will see. I open a journal someday. And I hope there, so else, too. there I will see the best-looking poet <laughs> in America. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Fred. Yes. It was so wonderful hearing from our students here on the Hive Poetry Collective at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. You can hear us most Sundays, 8 o'clock, here on KSQD. Before we leave today, let's talk once again to Julia Chiappella, the director of the Young Writers Program. Um, Julia, is there anything you'd like to tell the audience before we end the program about your program? Well, first, Jan, I want to thank you for having us on KQSD and on The Hive. It's been wonderful to be here. But one of the things that struck me is we were listening to all our students today, and especially Wendy's story about the one particular student who said, I can't write, I'm not a writer, is that students are often saddled with this impression about writing that it is something that needs to be very structured, needs to be done well, needs to have all of the T's crossed, the I's dotted. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the Young Writers Program because it lifts those restrictions for them and allows them to get in touch with who they are and what they think so that they can bring that to their writing rather than what they think the teacher wants them to say. What the program seems to be trying to do is just open the floodgates. It's just open the door to being honest. And it's maybe they think of poems as having to rhyme or be a sonnet. Absolutely. There's all kinds of different uh, formats and structures that they're presented with uh, through their academic career. So to be able to have this license to essentially fall in love with their own thinking or go metacognitive is a gift in, to them in a lot of ways and, and to the teachers too, as Wendy was saying. Um, but really to the students, to be able to become engaged with writing in a way that they have not been afforded the opportunity to do before. I had a teacher um, who I talk about a lot, Kwame Dawes, um, and he says that when he's looking at student work, the one thing he's looking for is, is this honest? Is it credible? Do I believe this person? And um, it sounds like really what you're trying to do is 
help them be honest with really what's going on in their lives. We are, and and give them the confidence to be able to be honest with themselves. Because I think where this program really does or could be focused um, or is focused best is at that middle school grade level because we want to catch them around writing and around writing's benefits and enchantments at that age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's so. a, they're very imaginative at that age. I remember I loved science fiction. I loved... I loved reading right? at yeah. that age. At that age, you just get you get hooked. It's the you have the opportunity or the um, that's the time to get hooked mm-hmm. in writing. It will help them get through high school too. Absolutely, if they yeah. can get that yeah. practice going. And, and there was a recent uh, Washington Post article that talked about how reading and writing are both important, but that we've kind of abandoned writing in um, pursuit of making sure every student can read, and that. Writing is much more active in many ways than than writing sometimes is, um, or the, than reading sometimes is. And uh, it was talking in particular about the creative writing and how important that is. So we want to get back to that. We want to be able to have students have an opportunity to do that, and while not, while also focusing on revision. So mm-hmm. we still want to hold that carrot out for them that they can create works that are even better. They can spend time right. on their work. Right. It's so often just, I mean, uh, we, we both write. I mean, we know what a gift that is when all of a sudden you really just pour the words out. They do come when the muse is there. And yes. Present. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and kids are so emotional and they have got so much going on, mm-hmm. especially in junior high. You know, you know that all you have need is a little... A little push, and they've got so much to talk about. They have so much to talk about, and they they need the support so so badly. And that's Mm -hmm. another beautiful thing about the Young Writers Program is that it brings the community into the classroom. Mm -hmm. Students often, they've heard a parent or they've heard a teacher, so to be able to hear these other voices from the community coming in and supporting them it really, it builds the community. It helps students understand, you know, there's more people out there who can appreciate me and who can value what I, what it is I have to say. Over and over again, I see how, what a strange comp- contradiction it is that poetry is such a solitary activity and yet it creates so much community. And once again, I think people are attracted to truth. And how much do we need truth right now? We, we need it just a little bit right just now. Just a little bit right now. Yeah. Okay, so one more time, tell our audience how they can find you. So first, I want to let everyone know that the Young Writers Program is a project of the Santa Cruz County Office of Education. We have our offices there, and you can contact us through our Facebook page or through our website, youngwritersc.org, or by calling 831-466-5810. And you can also sign up on our webpage to uh, register your interest in being a volunteer. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, Julia. So great having you today on the Hive Poetry Collective here on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. Thank you, Dion. Thank you for tuning in.